Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the We Got This Girl podcast, and I am your gracious host, Patrice. Welcome to episode seven, baby. (laughs) This is episode seven, dealing with disappointment and discouragement. I know, like y'all, we finna get down. We finna get down and we finna talk about it, okay? Like, we did not come to play no games today in this topic, (laughs) dealing with disappointment. Like, because God is playing no games with me. Um, So, yes. So, we all deal with disappointment. We all deal with, we, ladies, let's just, hold on. Let's take our shoes off. Let's, you know, get living room with your shoes off and your bonnet on type of comfortable. Because we got to get real. Ladies, we all deal with disappointment. We are all at some point in our life or currently believing God to work a miraculous wonder in our life. We are expecting miracles. We are praying bold prayers. We're putting our faith in God and his promises because he is who he says he is, right? And we have our faith out there and we're getting down and we're like, God, we know you're going to do this, God, because you love me and your word says. And I mean, we are out here living our best disciple, Christian, following Jesus lives as women of God, righteous before him. We are living out Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Right. We're living that out. And we pray and we get on our knees and we're fasting and we're praying and we're not eating for 12 hours every Tuesday and Thursday. Or maybe we fast from social media for a month or we're fasting from food every Friday and we're praying and we're having faith. And we pray our bold prayers. But then a little time passes. A little more time passes. A little more time passes and maybe our prayers are not getting answered the way we would have desired for them to. Maybe God is taking a different route than we thought he would have or maybe he's taking a different way than we would have wanted him to. How do we deal with disappointment? So this is something that God is really growing me in. Um... Because I'm dealing with it now. I'm dealing with it now. I think I've always been a person, like even as a child, I did not deal with disappointment well. I don't know why, um, but I never dealt with disappointment well. You know, my mom would say something. I would, you know, I remember (laughs) on Saturdays um, when I was really young, like maybe like five or six, I always wanted my mom to polish my nails. Well, my mom, it's three of us. It's my brother who's the oldest my sister and myself so my mom has three kids you know she's trying to take care of a household um my sister has special needs you know so it's just (laughs) things came before my nails getting polished every saturday but for some reason i wanted my mom i think maybe she would polish them like once a month on saturday but you know nail polish it doesn't last for a whole month so i would want her to polish them again and so I would remember times where she would, and I'd say, well, mommy, can you polish my nails? And she would say, well, I can't today or we'll do it. You know, remember, we do it every this Saturday of the month or whatever. As five, six, seven, I can't remember how old I was. But I would get so upset. 
I would have these little temper tantrums because my mom would not polish my nails. Y'all, that's how we be acting with God. <laughs> that's how we, that's real deal how we be acting with God. And so as I grew up, it just transferred into my whole life. I did not deal with disappointment well. I did not deal, and I don't even think it's disappointment. I think it's things not going my way. I didn't deal with it well. And I have to be honest and say that sometimes I still don't deal with it well. I'm going to say 85% of the time, I have to make a choice to say either I'm going to pout and get an attitude with God about this, or I'm going to choose to trust him and believe that he is good and that his love endures forever. It is a choice. And it is it does not come naturally and it's a conscious decision that I have to make every single day because I am believing for miracles from God and I know that he's going to do them because he's promised that he's going to do them. And we know like we've read um, in past episodes like Malachi three eight when it talks about um for i am the lord and i change not so you the descendants of jacob will not be destroyed so we know that god is who he says he is and he keeps his promises because we've talked about that right in episode five i think episode six too so what happens is that we're believing right correct me if i'm wrong ladies but we're believing and we have the faith but oh my gosh, God is taking too long. Lord, I can't do this anymore. It's taking too long. And we get we get big mad that God didn't do it the way we wanted him to do it. We get big mad. And I have I am I I will be the first one to raise my hand and stand up and say Patrice has been big mad at God. Because I prayed something and I thought he was going to answer it one type of way. And he took the long way around. And he took the hard road. And then I fell into unbelief. And I fell into bitterness. And I fell into being mad with God. And it's a bad place to be. But one thing that God has me studying out is Psalm 118. And I can go back in my journal and look at different places where I'm like, God, that's what you've been teaching me all along. And so remember last episode, we talked about John 15 and how he had had me in John 15 for a month. So John, I mean, excuse me, Psalm 118 came along on the scene around the same time. And I was like, what these got to do with each other? You know, because in my mind, I'm like, okay, these are to, to me, they're totally two, like two different things. But of course, as awesome, as amazing as God is. Um, he, he's, he's connecting them and it's all connected. His word is connected. And so there's a pastor, um, actually, um, pastor Mike, um, of, uh, faith chapel in Birmingham. He always says you have to, when you're, when you're studying out scriptures and you're going in your quiet time, you have to pray and say, Holy spirit, help me to see this word in a spiritual way. And not a human way because we get in there and we want to read it with our with our human eyes and and it's like no God is supernatural we need the Holy Spirit the counselor the the the, the guidance in us that God has placed in us to open our eyes to these scriptures and help us to see how God is connecting this stuff together because y'all he really be out here teaching us and discipline us what we need but sometimes we miss it. 
And I am guilty of that. I miss it so many times because I don't pray that prayer. So I say all that to say is that we're going to look at Psalm 118 today. We're going to look at Psalm 139. And we're going to look back at John 15. And we're going to tie them all together. And we're going to talk about when we deal with disappointment. Here's the truth. Although there are so many misconceptions. And you know, we talk about misconceptions a lot. Because I, I think... That's the one way Satan tries to deal with, um, tries to um, discourage and make and persuade Christians and believers and disciples to fall into sin. That's one way and to fall into disbelief. He he put so many misconceptions. And the thing about tricky old Satan is that he will put misconceptions in the word of God. You'll read the word and be like, okay, Lord, Matthew 6.33 says, you know, if I seek first the kingdom and all your righteousness and all these things will be added into me. And Satan will get in there and he will twist those words. We know that from when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Satan was taking the word of God and throwing it in Jesus' face. You know, throw yourself off this mountain. Your God can do it. But what did Jesus, he had that spiritual response. And he came back. Do not put the Lord God to the test. You know, and so we're as believers, we want to be more like Jesus. And so um, I know that's what God is teaching me right now in my life is even though I'm emotional, even though I have feelings that are so real to me sometimes, I have to be able to have spiritual maturity about my feelings and not so much suppress my feelings because God is not denying that we're going to have disappointment about things. He's not denying that. He knows that we're going to be disappointment. He, he disappointed. He knows that we're going to be sad. Um one thing that I think about and just with feelings um is when well a lot of different feelings that Jesus had. Jesus felt anger, he felt sadness. Um but two instances when I think about one is when John the Baptist died or well, not, not died when he was killed and beheaded and Jesus was upset. He was sad and he had to retreat. He had to go on that boat and he had to have some time by himself with he and God. But right after that, his response was to feed the 5,000 with fit with the fish and loaves of bread and he performed a miracle. And so his response to his feelings was spiritual. Um, and so when we talk about our feelings and we talk about when we feel disappointed, we have to come up with some with some scriptures and some battle plans to deal with those feelings in a way that we can respond spiritually. Because the truth about it is, is that God is good, that his sovereignty is good. His process is good and that his love endures forever. So let's go ahead and talk about the first point. The first misconception that I think Satan gets us and I know that he's gotten me with is that God's processes are negative or can be can be agonizing if that makes sense. So let me explain. So in a lot of ways um 
and a lot of things that we do in life, it has a process to it. Um, and I think of baking, right? So we're baking a cake. We're getting ready. My favorite kind of cake is red velvet. So we're getting ready to make a red velvet cake. There's a process to baking that cake. You start off with your eggs. You get you some flour. I don't know how to bake, y'all, so <laughs> bear with me. I take the Betty Crocker cake mix and I dump it and put the milk and the eggs and stir it. And then, yeah, but... <laughs> If you're a real baker, you put some vanilla extract, some some sugar, your eggs, your your flour, your whatever, your um your uh chocolate if you're making red velvet, you know, your red dye, you put all that together and you mix it up and then it has to go through the process and the chemical change of baking, going from a liquid to a solid or, you know, a solid like form. God works the same way. If we go back to Genesis and we look at how he created the world in existence. Y'all, <laughs> it's so loud where I live. Excuse that truth. But if we go back and we look at Genesis and we look at how he created everything that we see and things that we don't see. God didn't say, let there be everything. And then there was everything. <laughs> He could have. He's God. He's more than able to do that. If he wanted to do that, he could have definitely done that. He could have said, let there be everything. He could have blinked and not even said anything. And everything could have appeared. Animals, water, heaven, earth, stars, moon, sky, the sun. But no. God showed us how he operates most of the time. It's through process. Day one, he did this. Day two, he did this. Day three, he did this. Day four, he did this. Day five, he did this and this. Day six, he did this. And on day seven, he rested. There was a process. And so what the first misconception is that Satan wants me to say and to think that God's process is, is, is agonizing and it's punishment. Because, you know, all Satan wants us to do is, is, is believe that our Heavenly Father is not who he says he is. And I fall into that trick. I have fallen into that trick. And honestly, sometimes my mind can wander real quick. And if I'm not in my word like I'm supposed to, and I'm not praying to God and really believing that he is good and reading these scriptures and really believing what I'm reading, I can fall into that too. I can't be alone, right? I can. We can fall into that. And we can believe that, oh my goodness, the process that God is taking, I know he's going to do it, but the process that he's doing to get there is agonizing. And it's to hurt me. And it's to, it is to make me just wait just because. But no, God is good. And his love endures forever. And the way God loves is not to harm us. Even though sometimes the circumstances may hurt us, but we, you know, perseverance, perseverance builds character, which builds hope. We read that scripture last week in Romans. So that's what we're going to, we're going to turn to Psalm 118. Turn to Psalm 118. And we're going to read 
Psalm 118. That's in the Old Testament, Psalm 118, verses 1 through 14. Psalm 118, verses 1 through 14. And um, if you don't have a Bible, it's so okay. It's so okay if you don't have a Bible. Um, there are plenty of Bible apps out there on um, the Google store and the um, iTunes store or whatever um, system that you're using, your computer, your laptop, your phone, you can download the Bible app. Um, there's so many different Bible apps out there. Um, it's all, um, you're looking for the Holy Bible though. Um, and then if you can't really download the app, you can always Google it. So if we're reading Psalm 118, you can just put in Google Psalm 118 of the Bible and it'll pull up Psalm 118 and you can join in with this. And of course, if you have your Bible already, um, we're in Psalm 118 <laughs> and we're going to read verses 1 through 14 and I'm reading from the NIV. So let's let's dig into it, ladies. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemy. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were not, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. That's deep. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. So even though, amen, glory to God. Wow. Even though Satan wants us to believe and wants us to believe that lie that God is not who he says he is and that his process is agonizing or meant to hurt us and harm us. But no, we know that God is good and his love endures forever. I love in verse five when it says, when hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. What can mere mortals do to me? So we have to believe. And sometimes it's hard to believe. And some people say, well, how do you believe like I think one thing for me is I just have to keep reading these scriptures until I make myself believe them. And one thing that a sister was telling me, go to God as a child. Because that's what he instructs us to do. Come to him as a child. You know what children do. Mommy, can we go? No, not right now. Mommy, can we go? 
no not right now mommy can we go no not right now we're going later mommy can we no not right now we're going later that's how children are right but it's a simplicity about it and so they keep doing it until they get until it clicks with them and I think that's what God wants us to do. Keep pray, Lord, help me to understand this. Help me to be okay with this. Help me to be okay with your word because I want to be righteous. We want to be righteous women of God. I know we do. We wouldn't be listening to this podcast. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't want to be righteous women of God. We want to be righteous. We want to be sanctif- sanctified by God and live a life that he has created for us and please him and serve him. But sometimes, y'all, the journey to get there is hard. And we have to believe the scriptures and what it says. And it'd be like, God, I don't believe this right now. (laughs) Be honest with him. But I think what we can't do is live our life in a lie. It's okay to not be where we need to be. Like, God... I know that this is what your word says. I know that I'm supposed to believe it. And I want to believe it, God. He knows our heart. He knows how sincere we are. So, God, help me to get there. One thing that I love, um, one of my sister friends, um, and I say sister friends because she's a sister in Christ, but she's also my friend. Um, I'm going to say her name. Bree, she said something. We were talking. And um, she said, yeah. She said, I used to not like to get up and read my bible and I was like that's real she said but I had to say God help me to find pleasure in the desires of your heart and when she said that I was like oh my gosh that's an honest prayer like that is a real deal honest prayer Lord help me to find pleasures in the desires of your heart that's deep God has a process of the way he does miracles and like i said he doesn't have to he's god okay if he wants some things he does instantly and we see it instantly some some things he goes by his process and by his order and that's okay too whichever way he goes and whichever way he decides because he is sovereign the thing that we have to live by is the truth is that he is good and his and his love endures forever The second thing that Satan wants us to fall into is that God must not know what's about to happen next. So we get, I think, as I know I can speak for myself, I deal with anxiety. And I have to really pray because in moments where I can tell when I'm not trusting God because I'm anxious about the situation. I'm super anxious. I feel super overwhelmed. I don't have a peace. And so what Satan gets me to think is that God or what he tries to get me to think and sometimes has succeeded on momentarily is that God must not know what's about to happen next. He must not know. Like back to that thing where Satan wants us to disbelieve God and who he says he is. But we know Malachi 3, 8, for I am the Lord and I change not. So you, the descendants of Jacob, will not be destroyed. I know I keep saying that scripture, but it just helps me to remind that God is who he says he's going to be. He's right. 
I was going to say he ride or die, <laughs> but he is there. He is in our corner. He has our back. He, he wants the best for us and he has our best interest at heart. And like I always say, we're going to say this scripture every single time. First Thessalonians 5, 23, 24. He's always going to make sure we're blameless and whole and that we're ready for Jesus to come back. So why would God put us in a situation that's going to tear our faith up? That's going to make us fall away from him. I love in Psalm 118 when it talks about I was pushed back and about to fall. Y'all, if that ain't the realest sentence, <laughs> I was pushed back and about to fall by myself. <laughs> but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. God be saving us from ourselves. But one thing that Satan wants us to believe is that you know, God don't know what's about to happen next. And we know that's untrue because God is omniscient. He sees everything all at the, from beginning to end. He's alpha and omega. He sees everything all at once. He already knows that house that we've been praying for. He already knows. He already knows. He already knows that that spouse we've been praying for, that future spouse that we've been praying for. He already knows. He knows exactly how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. If it's a no, if it's if he, he knows, okay? But Satan wants us to believe that God doesn't really know. So he trying to he's up there trying to figure it out. It's almost like it's almost like we can fall into this trap. And I have fell into this trap where it's almost like I think that God has just been given a test like my test. Right. He's been given the test of my life. So let's just say that, you know, it's a teacher that hands God this test and it says Patrice <laughs> and whatever the prayer is praying for a car i'm just using this as an example and so we seem to think that god's up there like okay i gotta finish this test and okay and he trying to work out the problems on the test no <laughs> god is not trying to work out any problems he already has it figured out excuse my ebonics he been had it figured out he is not up there trying to get on his calculator and be like, okay, so if I do this and then do that and then add this and then, okay, maybe, no, that didn't work. So, okay, let me, and, and, no, he's not, he's not up there doing that. No. So let's go to, but that's what Satan wants us to think. And so we start thinking that, then we try to help God out and we get into this meddling business. Well, God, I know that you up there trying to figure out my situation. So, I'm a, since I'm down here on the on, on the ground, I'm on the ground. <laughs> I'm not I'm not in the helicopter. I'm on the ground. So I'm going to help you out and I'm a metal. And that gets us into a lot of trouble. As someone who will raise their hand as an avid meddler in my life, where I try to figure things out and I try to carry stuff on my own. It's a reason why God says, "Give me your burden and you take on my yoke. You take on you take on this because it's so much lighter." God knows that we get anxious about things. He knows he created us. We're his workmanship. He created us. So he knows. So he already said, take on my yoke because it's lighter. You're going to be better off doing this. 
But we be like, well, God, I know you're up there trying to figure out my problems and trying to work it out in your head right now. Um, so I'm going to just help you out on this. If I, I'm going to do this, God, we don't pray about it or nothing. And I'm speaking from myself, y'all. I have done this so many times in my life, make major decisions in my life, do major activities and events in my life without praying to God and saying, God, what is your will? Is this in your will? And it gets me in trouble because the flip side of that is consequences. And that's the part Satan don't want to tell you is that there's consequences to us out here bebopping and flea flopping, as my sister friend would say, to us out here just doing whatever we want. So let's look at, but the good thing about God is he, he's gracious. And even though we get out here and we start doing what we want to do, but God is gracious. And, and, and even though we veer from his will, when we come back and we repent and we be honest with him, he's so gracious to forgive us always. But not only does he forgive us, really, Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry, guys. Okay, we're just going to go through it. We're just going we're gonna to keep going. We're going to keep going. So let's go to, yeah, so not only is God able to, okay, yes, thank you, car that was honking. Um, God is so gracious. And he ends up, not he ends up, but he will deliver, even though we don't deserve it. That's his mercy and his grace. Even though we messed up and we veered from his will, he still blesses us. And that's the amazing thing about our Heavenly Father. So let's look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139. We're going to look at Psalm 139. And if you're at Psalm 139, we're going to look at verse 16. And actually, we're going to start from verse 15. Um, yeah, because I like context. So we're going to we're going to read from verse Psalm 139, verses 15. Through 18. Psalm 139, verses 15 through 18. Y'all, there's just so much going on outside. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm being distracted from like every little noise. So I apologize, guys. I, I apologize for the background noise that you may hear. And although I may try to edit, like when I try to edit it and block all that background noise out, it's not going to happen. So we just going to roll with it because this is an amazing, God is wanting us to know something. So Psalm 139 verses 15 through 18. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. You saw, your eyes saw my unformed body. Wow. All the days ordained for me 
were written in your book. You know, I got to go back. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God is omniscient. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So God is not up there trying to configure out our problems. He's not out there trying to work our problems out on paper before a buzzer ends. You have one hour, God, to finish this test. That's how, that's how I be thinking. And I, and I fall into that unbelief. That God has every single day of my life, it was written in his book before one of them came to be. God knew that this podcast was going to happen. God knew that I was going to fall away from him and that I was going to study the Bible. And then five years later, I was going to study the Bible again and it was going to stick with me. He already knew it. He already knew it. He already knew that I needed to go to this school and meet this, this, this friend whose parents were the leaders of this church he already knew and he already knew that that was the environment that he chose for me to grow up in him he already knew that he already knew that I was gonna be in nursing school and then not be in nursing school and then come to another school and major in a totally different thing he already knew that when that happened he didn't have to configure that out so God already knows how the things that we're believing for, how they would get answered. But we we have to make a choice to believe, okay, God, I know that you already have all the days ordained in my book. I mean, all the days of my life are ordained in your book. So I trust you. And even though it's hard and even though I'm struggling, Lord, I give it to you. Help me to trust you better. Or we can say, you know what? God is up there trying to figure this thing out and I need to help him. And then we get disappointed after disappointment after disappointment which goes into discouragement which goes into bitterness and so i love the scripture because it says how vast it says how precious to me are your thoughts god god thinks about us he's already playing this whole thing out and we have to say god however this turns out if it turns out the way i want it to turn out amen but if it turns out the way i the way i, I i'm not expecting it to turn out amen because how, how precious to me are your thoughts, God? How vast is the sum of them? If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, when I awake, I'm still with you. How do we deal with disappointment? How do we deal with disappointment? Do we believe the misconceptions of Satan and the lies that he tries to tell us about God? But if we go back to Psalm 118, we know that God is good. His love endures forever. Amen. So we're hitting 35 minutes. I tried, y'all. I really tried. Um, <laughs> but we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you for your word. Your word never returns back void. 
Lord, I thank you for your nature, your character. You're not up there trying to figure out our problems, God. You're not. And although our heart longs for things that only you can do. And it may not happen the way we think that it's supposed to happen. Or maybe it is going to happen the way we think it's going to happen. But maybe it's just taking some time. But God, I thank you. Because even in our disbelief, God, even in the times where we fall short and we get an attitude with you, God, you still love us. You still offer us your grace and your mercy and your love. And I thank you for that, Jesus. Lord, I just pray for everyone that um, studied, the, studied these scriptures out with me today. We did it together, God, and we could not have done it without you. Lord, I pray that the things that you wanted us to hear, Father, that they stay on our hearts, Lord God. And as we go through those real emotions, those human emotions of disappointment, and maybe discouragement, or maybe we're bitter, Lord, that we can come and repent to you, and we can lean heavily on your grace and your mercy. God, help us to stay strong in you. We want to be righteous, Lord God. We want to trust in you. We want to please you. We want to be obedient. Help us, God. It's hard. And we know that you know that it's hard. Jesus, we know you know, but we know that you've already overcome the world. Help us, God. We need your help. We love you. I pray for every single person. I pray blessings over their lives, that their heart be transformed, to grow even deeper in you, God, and that we never stop never stop growing in you God help us to be humble as women of God help us to submit to authority help us to love help us to be kind and gentle we love you God and we pray all of this in Jesus name amen <sighs> well I love y'all <laughs> I will see y'all next Tuesday and I hope you have an amazing week full of encouragement and love this is the We Got This Girl podcast, episode seven, dealing with disappointment. Bye. <laughs>